These are great chairs. Yes. Oh my. Nerd. Oh, you just got called out. That's pretty absurd. It is going to be a thing. Come on. Bad Philosophy, episode 26, recorded on March 14th, 2009. Dig Philosophy. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy. Coming at you for a very unique episode. We're actually live right now in Austin, Texas, in line for the Big Dig Shindig at Stubbs Barbecue. That's right. It's uh, it's about 4.40 in the afternoon. The show itself is, starts at 7.30, and uh, the line is already going around the corner of the building. We're actually right at the corner of the building. I'm here with... Legmar, Matt, Hello. Matt Legler. It's right back in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, we're both we're both back in our hometown right now. Austin is, Austin is our place. Um, you're you're keeping you, Georgetown normal. Yeah, if you listen real closely, you can probably hear the uh, cars in the background and uh, various people talking. Um, it's it's really crazy. It's it's kind of cool. It's uh, gray skies. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see the Frostbank Tower from where we're sitting. I miss that thing. Yeah, it's it's actually the uh, the big dig shindig is part of South by Southwest Interactive. Um, if you don't know it, South by Southwest is a huge conference. Basically, it's it combines a interactive web technology conference with a uh, film festival essentially, and uh, a lot of concerts. Uh, literally thousands of bands come from all over the country, all over the world to, to play here, hundreds of shows. It's a huge event. Uh, city really comes alive for this whole week. So this is right at the beginning of it. The interactive conference started yesterday, and uh, we've been seeing a lot of tweets from uh, the likes of Felicia Day and uh, Kevin Rose and Alex flew in, uh, I think, couple nights uh, ago, probably. He, he came in about two days ago. Yeah. Alex came in last night. Right. So he's uh, gonna be super tired. We'll uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about the uh, the shindig itself after we uh, <laughs> after we go to it. Um, personally, I, I don't know. I've I've watched a couple of Dignations. I'm not a huge fan, but uh, we're mainly we're mainly excited about just seeing them live. That's gonna be the huge thing. Well, yeah. uh, our food's here, so we're going to go ahead and eat with Kimberly Stew and Matt's friend, Nick. Why aren't you on Twitter, Nick? We can't <laughs> at you. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like... <clears throat> so that was good food. That was good food. Oh, my God. I love food Pizza. We had uh, we had Kimberly and uh, and Nick go get us some some pizza from a venue. And random tidbit: Austin is a melting pot city, I think. Yes, because it is. Because we have Kimberly, who's never been outside of Lubbock County, for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. We have you and me, who are from here, and then uh, Nick's all the way from New York and goes up to NYU. Oh, so we got a we got a pretty diverse crowd. Kimberly and Nick went to uh, throw the trash away, so they they should be back here shortly. Um, this is like the part where. Uh, What's his face on Twitter? Goes and gets a sandwich. Yeah, this is, this is Dvorak going to uh, tend to his chicken, as it were. But uh, so Matt and I got a, a pretty unique experience the other day. Um, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, Microsoft actually came to Tech's campus mm-hmm. uh, for what they called the the Microsoft Software Roadmap event, or Microsoft Software Educational Event. Educational event, whatever. What the event was essentially was uh, Microsoft came in. Uh, they had two reps there, but only one of them presented, and they were essentially presenting what they're going to be doing over the next uh, three or four years. Um, three to four? Three. More like one to two, right? More like one to two. I guess it was pretty short term. Yeah. I mean, those, they're talking they about, about some long term things as well. It included uh, such things as Windows 7, uh, uh, Office 14, what they call Office 14. Um, yeah. 
kind of just Exchange Server 2008, um, like the updated version of Windows Server. A lot right. of a lot of kind of integration technologies too. Uh -huh. One of the most exciting things that they brought up were some cloud computing services. Yeah. Now, we've been talking about this for a long time on the show. I think uh, we talked with David last semester when Google came out with Chrome. Uh -huh. uh, kind of this idea of how we're, we seem to be moving toward a more cloud-based experience. You know, having your, having your files and your services and even your applications stored in the cloud mm -hmm. rather than on your computer locally. Well, you see, I think it, there's one thing that I think that the cloud must have in order to functional properly. Um, having all your stuff also backed up at home. Like, when I have my iPhone synced to my computer, synced to, you know, the tech network uh, up at school and everything, I want all my information to be, you know, like the same across all the different devices. Right, and that's but actually that's I, actually. I also where want it backed up on my home computer. Like I want my home computer with my local storage, like synced along with that. That way, um, just in case something it, happens, I don't want cloud. my main yeah. place to be in the cloud. And and that's a that's a concern that a lot of people have brought up. It's like if you store <laughs> and you do everything in the cloud, what happens if if you know the company dies? I mean, right. not, not that Microsoft is going to die, but once we see more third parties start to host cloud <laughs> services. The data becomes a lot more volatile, it seems. Right. Um, what Microsoft actually did focus on, though, quite a bit was what ex exactly what you're talking about, Matt, which is synchronization across multiple devices and the right. cloud. They had they showed this thing called Windows Live Mesh, or actually just just Microsoft Live Mesh. And, you, and this, this technology's right existed, but they're like bringing it all together. Yeah. What, what they're well, they still haven't brought it all together completely, and we'll kind of get to that, but. Microsoft uh, Live Mesh is in beta right now. It's essentially a cloud synchronization program. What you do is you set up a Mesh account, and you, you use your you know Windows, Windows uh, Live Microsoft.net uh, ID to do it. You download this the application to each of your computers. You set them up online to be part of your, your Mesh. And what essentially happens is once you define a folder to be a Live Mesh folder, all of the computers on the mesh, including what they call your live desktop, which is essentially like a storage space in the cloud, all of them keep the same versions of the files. Uh -huh. uh, so you can do this with photos. You know, say say your family uploads some photos on their computer. Those photos get synchronized directly to yours. Um, say you update some contacts on your mobile phone. Those get synchronized to your Outlook account. Mm. Um, Kind of keeping everything synchronized. It's it's sort of a sort of the same idea as as Apple's um, Mobile Me, right? Except it actually works, <laughs> but <laughs> and, it, and it works with more than just uh, calendar. Um, so it's wait. been working. It's been working pretty well so far. I've put it on uh, Windows Seven and on my Mac, which I, I was pretty surprised that there is well, a Mac version. Hmm? What did you put on it? Uh, Windows Live Mesh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the beta is, it's a beta. Like, it really feels like a beta. It's definitely not as well fleshed out as Windows 7 itself. Which is awesome. But it's got a lot of potential. Um, right now, there's a, a limit of 5 gigabytes of storage space in your live desktop. And you can't really do much from your live desktop besides see what you have stored online. Um, you can download files from it. You can you can set like synchronization settings. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Matt. What's been your experience? Have here's you been using it here's as well? like a big thing that I've been worried about with the cloud. Basically, all your information is on the cloud, but it's also synced back to my home computer. So that makes me happy, right? But then, when you can dynamically edit information from a mobile device, say some I lose my iPhone and someone takes it, and they delete all my pictures on my phone, does that delete them off of my home system also? No, it does not. Not immediately. 
um, there is what they call version reconciliation. Uh, basically, when you go on on the cloud desktop, on, onto your live desktop, you'll see if, if there's a disparity, if like a file's been deleted or changed or something, you can choose which version of it to keep. Okay. So it's not automatically deleted on every single machine immediately. Just, so like things are automatically pushed out? You can also know like, if, if your back. iPhone's been stolen, you can then set that device not to be synchronized anymore. So you you can you can isolate a device or take it off of your mesh. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of options for for that if if something like that were to happen. Um, right. Mesh itself is it, kind of isolated right now. It's not really integrated with many of other Microsoft features, which was kind of a problem. Uh, one person asked at the event, "What are y'all doing about?" kind of bringing together all these disparate services. Because right now they got, like, Office Live workspaces. Uh-huh. You've got the SkyDrive through uh, MSN. And between all of these services, there are about 35 free gigabytes that you can use for, for Microsoft Online Storage. Yeah. However, sorry, truck driving by. <laughs> However, the problem is these services don't talk to each other. So you can't use documents from your... Office Live Workspace in your Live Mesh, for instance. Yeah. You can't pull stuff from your SkyDrive into Live Desktop or vice versa. What we're really hoping Microsoft works toward in the future, and I think they're trying to get there, is is pulling all of these services together and having kind of a, this integrated cloud environment. Uh-huh. One, one very exciting thing that he talked about at the event was, was this, Office Live. This, um, was Office Live, yeah. yeah. Running Office applications from the cloud, um, literally streaming things like Word, PowerPoint, mm-hmm. Excel, and running them on your system in sort of a virtualized environment, um, having kind of a, a layer on top of your, your hardware right. to run all these applications, and now, um, having actually multiple versions work essentially at the same time. Will that work today, though? Like, do we have enough bandwidth today for that to work? I think we're getting there. Um, the U.S. is behind in Internet bandwidth for sure. Yeah. But we're talking, I mean, we have 10 megabit connections at Texas Tech University. Right. And 10 megabit connections for the, for the consumers, for the general public, are really coming down in price. I mean, bandwidth is cheap. Speed is cheap. Right. And it's finally, because of how cheap it's becoming, it's making these sort of cloud environments more viable. Well, look at it this way. You still have to wait for a two-minute YouTube video to buffer before you watch it. So how on earth are people going to like stream a PowerPoint presentation? A PowerPoint presentation is a lot less intensive than video. What, what right. I'm worried about is, is they showed... Um, like streaming Pinnacle? Like, yeah, streaming the more intense or applications. Or Windows Movie Maker. But, I mean, we're talking multiple hundred megabyte applications here. Um, however, what you actually use, the part of the application that you actually use is very small. Uh-huh. Um, often a lot of that bulk that comes with Office be comes from, machine. like, the stuff you never use. You know, all those fonts, all those languages, all those, right, right. All those themes that uh, you never make use of. So I really like this idea of, of having streaming applications. Yeah. It, it could make um, it makes software support a lot easier because if you have to update Office, essentially your application server is the only place you have to update it. You don't have to distribute an update to every single computer on which the software is installed. Right. So it's pretty exciting what what Microsoft is doing with that. They're really they're moving toward a cloud environment. I think they're they're trying to move away from the the typical OS experience. Windows Seven is is really good, and it's going to be I think the last major milestone of Windows that's released in the classic style, uh-huh. meaning, you know, you get a disk, you put it on your system, you run everything from it, you install applications on it. I think in the future, they're going to go to things like Azure, like Windows Live Mesh, right. to to decentralized um, 
software, what they call software plus services, and, and really try to, to pull people into this, this cloud environment. I think that's really good, but at the same time, you know, I was... I was thinking back to one of my computer science classes. I had I finished the lab. I did like a in my mind 100% job on it. Like it was complete, right? But somehow I had lost my source file, and all I had was my executable. And so I did you know system search after system search to try to figure out where where I saved it. Never found it. You know, mm. I think I ended up deleting it. But I mean, everyone I sometimes has lost their own files, pictures, video, oh yeah, songs, everybody's and documents, lost homework, and so. What do you do when you lose something and you don't know if what cloud service it's in, what computer it could be stored on? Because, because like the, there's the security, you know, aspect where you don't want everything to change completely dynamically so that you don't lose stuff accidentally. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I feel like you get something stuck somewhere and not realize where it is. You know? Yeah, that's that. I've come across that problem with the live mesh beta right now. It's very tough to tell. You know, if you get desynchronized. It's very tough to kind of reconstruct everything yeah. and get it on the back on the same page. Because, uh, well, for one thing, most people are really bad at storing. Like, I think yeah. most most folks are horrible at categorization. Folders, we, we files, need, it's all yeah. it's all the same. I I have so many different subfolder trees for different yeah. things, and I've I've really made an effort to keep stuff generally in categories. But just the whole idea of storing stuff in folders is archaic. I think. Well, and, look and at that, people's I mean, offices, Microsoft right? And, yeah, like a physical office. People have their filing cabinet, but they don't use it. Right. You know? And, and it it's comes from, I think, kind of thinking in that classical way, you know, of actually placing something in a file folder. Because that was translated to computers in, since the inception, because it, it kind of worked. It was but an analogy I, I for still, people. I think it, it, was, works. it was easy for them to learn. I don't think it's working as well as it could, though, because imagine thinking in terms of tags. And this is kind of a direction that You're a lot of... You're going back to Gmail? What? Are you talking about Gmail? Yeah, sort of. Gmail doesn't use fo- folders. Yeah. Gmail uses tags. You well, they call them labels. Do they use hashtags? No, they don't use hashtags. <laughs> they use labels. And the great thing is you can apply multiple labels to something. So you can categorize something. Maybe if it doesn't fall into one category or another, it sort of falls in between mm-hmm. or in both. You can do that. Can you do hybrid? And you can, well, sort of. But you can. the great thing about it is you can search. You can search yeah. more dynamically. Rather than having to look through a folder structure, and if something isn't in the right place, putting it, it there. Up. Right. You can kind of dynamically create this, this web of interconnected information based on the metadata for a certain file, based on these tags. And that's sort of the way that search is going, I think. We're talking about moving away from the classic idea of using folders and putting stuff in folders and going to using tags and not not really storing anything in a in a hierarchy so, so but rather you know windows is going this direction too so you, you just know, have like you don't all your have data. an images folder you have your images uh-huh. where you're know, you're searching every image on your hard drive yeah. based on the data contained in you know the description the date all of that other metadata, mm-hmm. and that's how you're actually categorizing it. Versus, here's a folder with a certain date, or a certain vacation, or a certain whatever. So, and like having data in a bunch of different so places. So, all your pictures or any files for that matter would just be on your hard drive somewhere with tags, and you'll just search for those tags, and then right. they show up. Right. Searching for tags rather than searching for specific folders. So, I, I think it's a great way to go, and it's sort of where Microsoft is going with this cloud idea. Well, just having 
you, you know, the, the actual hierarchy should be transparent to the user. I mean, I, you, you've probably had this experience doing service for, for older folks who have computers. Yeah. It's really hard for people to get the idea of folders initially, right. even though it, it is sort of from an office well, like, space Well, as a computer scientist right here at Tech Now, right, I'm thinking, like, data structures and, like, how stuff's organized on my laptop, you know, but I can't explain that to my grandma. And right. So it would be a lot easier for me just to tell her, you look for this tag and all this stuff shows up, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, where she could just put in vacation is, is that how it works? She would just put in vacation, and all her vacation photos would sure. show up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if she if she's tagged stuff, vacation. So then, what then happens yeah. when you don't tag stuff because you're lazy? You dump all your pictures on your computer. That's a problem. You run off to the zoo, and then you lost your ski pictures because you didn't tag them ski pictures. Exactly. Th- this is a problem, and, and in that case, you do have a failsafe. I mean, stuff is still stored in a hierarchy, but what we're talking about is kind of a hybrid between the two. You have stuff in folders, but you also have it tagged. So it's you can find it if it's untagged, but if it is tagged, you can find it. A lot faster. Yeah. Okay. So it's still stored in a hierarchy, but just in a, a, a searchable tag hierarchy. Right, a searchable folder. tag hierarchy, exactly. Hmm. It used to be that, I, I think, you know, stepping back a couple of feet here, I before going to this educational event, I kind of had an idea of Microsoft as a dying company, as yeah. you know, not really on the on the cutting edge of stuff. This conference made me think, wow, Microsoft's really got it together. You know, maybe they don't have everything integrated yet. Maybe they don't have the the stuff out yet. But they're really working on it. They're really working toward. Well, they're a very this, large this company, and I think that's yeah, where we they, get the image of them being like dying or defunct. You know, sure, it's sure. because they're so large. I think that. They've got a lot of good stuff going on. It's just those good things can't necessarily see each other, like you're saying, where your you know, mesh doesn't necessarily mesh with Office Live. Yeah. You know? But it's getting to be less and less of a problem. They, they realize that they have a long way to go, and I think they're moving toward it, and they're making an honest effort. And really, some of the stuff they're doing is, is way ahead of, of Apple. I mean, I don't see Apple creating this, this sort of integrated cloud environment. Yet. Yeah. MobileMe was kind of an attempt to do that, but, I mean, look how bad that, that did during rollout. Yeah. Um, I think they kind of tried to rush that, and it really didn't work the way they hoped it would. If MobileMe had worked exactly the way it's supposed to, do you think it would have been perfect? Right. But I think if Microsoft leads the charge on the, the cloud revolution, and I think this is the next revolution in computing, is, is actually moving stuff onto the cloud, it will place itself in a very good position against Apple. Um, yeah. There were a few times during that presentation where I was like, wow, i got to consider using 7 as my primary OS again. Um, and, and how I'm not going to do, do that it. I still love OS X, but yeah. um, it's it's really compelling because the combination yeah, of Windows quick question. 7... Since we're at South by Southwest, is that an interactive badge walking by? Yes. It is, right? <laughs> see, um, and that's what I love about Austin is you never know what you're going to see. So with this... Podcast? No, the rabbit trails. This is perfect for Austin environment. Oh, it is. It's <laughs> definitely because we're seeing a lot of people here walking by with uh, badges oh. for for South by Southwest Eye. And Hippie Glenn came by with the camera earlier. Yeah, like scanning from, the crowd. from Dignation. Yeah. So what's his Twitter? It's uh, Glenn MC, right? I think so. I'm not sure. We're about to uh, we're about to go in there here in a, a couple of hours. It's when now. When do they open the doors? I uh, probably seven o'clock. I'm, it's gonna I be really a good show. <laughs> I was that because I I really respect Kevin Rose with what he's done as far as because he's a geek, but yet he's still so focused on community, and so and he's it's. He's done that through dig.com. He's focused on social networking, but he's still the geek, right? Yeah. And so I really love seeing how he 
interacts with bringing like stuff from large corporations and then talking to people about it. And yeah, Kevin's like, really got his, his foot in both worlds. Uh, he's just done a phenomenal job as, a, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and who knew? I mean, he he started out on, on uh, the screensavers as kind of a, right. a secondary guy. You know, him him and he's a really good one to compare with, like, Roger Chang. You know, the two of them were at sort of the same level. Uh -huh. And then Kevin Rose went. Just, he was the exponential function. He just took off, yeah. Right. Whereas Roger Chang is still kind of hanging around at, at Revision 3. I mean, nothing against Roger. I love the guy. It's cool. <laughs> but... He, he didn't start dig. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm appreciative to Kevin Rose because that's how I got my iPhone. Yeah. Because if I hadn't watched their screensaver show where they talked about the free iPhone program I did, I never would have believed it. Yeah. I never. I still don't believe those kind of things, but yeah, you well, got in on one of the ones that was legit. <laughs> yeah, because Kevin and Alex were like, we didn't tell them who we were, we just tried it out, we got our stuff, so I was like, okay, I'll try it. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited about the, the South by Southwest stuff that's going to go on. Um, South by is is really exciting. I've never been sort of a, a part of it in, in the past. Like I've lived in Austin my whole life practically, but I've never been to South by, uh -huh. and to see it or to kind of to kind of be in the position where it's relevant, I guess, is the really exciting thing. Because yeah. I'm starting to see bands that I know. I'm starting to see like really relevant uh, panels and and uh, information sessions going on. South by Southwest Interactive is going to be crazy cool. Mm -hmm. Or uh, by relevant, do you mean by the you're you're now 21? Well, yeah. <laughs> there's there is certainly a lot of free alcohol, <clears throat> but there's a lot of free music as well. There are a lot of free tweet ups. Um, uh -huh. Everybody has Twitter now. I mean, South by Southwest has been kind of a, a hub for Twitter in the past, but now it's it's really hit critical mass. I think um, uh -huh. probably. Probably three out of four people here at South by do you, Southwest. Do you think that Twitter, Twitter is scaled enough that we can't crash it this year? I don't know. Um, I think they've done a lot better. I, <laughs> I would really doubt if we crash it, but it's a possibility. If there were any time that Twitter would be crashed, it's now. Is or it? during maybe during the Obama inauguration was uh, more likely. But is, it didn't crash. Is he still then, the most so. followed Twitter? I think Obama has stopped Twittering. Huh. I think he stopped Twittering once he got elected. When, yeah. And honestly, I don't want my president twittering, because <laughs> you know it's too easy for him to uh, to waste his time doing that. I, Lord knows, I waste enough of my time twittering. <laughs> right. Well, that's like focusing on domestic policy. Let's say. Oh right, yeah. Let's call it. Let's call it what it is. Maybe, maybe he could start uh, crowdsourcing foreign policy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How would that turn out? I don't know if if Obama crowdsourced foreign like, policy. What do you think about Iran? DM me. Yeah, exactly. RT Barack Obama. I'll do a best fit line and figure out the average of like all the different at replies I get to this. <laughs> yeah, right. So. There was one more thing we were going to talk about. Yeah, what was it? Uh, this is me thinking. It hurts. Go to Assist Express. Oh, right. Um, recently, like within the past week, I well, I have the the podcast registered on Blueberry.com, which is kind of a, a podcast index and advertising hookup. So what they do is they they kind of try to pair podcasts with relevant advertising. And recently, I got the chance to do an advertising deal for Bad Philosophy, um, where we would 
we would be paid a certain amount to read an ad on our show. Um, sort of, if any of y'all listen to This Week in Tech, they do the, the Go to My PC and the, the Go to Assist ads. We would get the chance to do a Go to Assist ad in line with the show, be right. about you know two or three minutes, something like that. And the same style as Twit. And uh, they were going to pay us $15 per thousand hits. Now... You know, I'll be the first one to admit, Bad Philosophy doesn't have more than a thousand listeners per episode. Hell, we we don't have more than a thousand plays on any one episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we would get probably about a dollar or two from seven dollars. I just got ice down my back for each episode. You never know what's gonna happen in Austin. You get ice (laughs) thrown down your back. So we would only have gotten like a dollar or two per episode, but we would have had to really change the way that we do our format. We would have had to put a banner ad on the site. We would have had to, yeah, sign a bunch of stipulations, go through a different stat tracking service, all this stuff, just for a couple of dollars per episode. You see, aside from that, it would have been cool just because I've been beta testing out to Assist Express, you know, for the past year or year and a half, maybe. I don't know how long they've been. Yeah, it's a great product. It works seamlessly. I would have loved to plug it, but it it really is a cost-benefit analysis for me, and I was I, I waited a lot. I thought about it and finally decided that it would be better just to stay ad-free right now. Yeah. It costs us nothing to do the show. Like, we've already made our initial investment in the in the software and hardware. Right. And now we now can we're just pretty sustaining. much just, just do it yeah. whenever we want to. It's, it's a matter of time commitment versus money. So I feel like, you know, getting advertisements for a hobby is really not relevant. And I, right. I don't want you all to be annoyed by having to listen to ads on the show. <laughs> I don't think we're quite at that point yet. Right. I'm, but it, it goes back to two things. One is you have, it has to be an advertisement that you want to promote. It has to be something that you use yourself and you enjoy, right? Yeah. And then um, at the same time, having an ad, maybe we don't have to pay for anything now, but if we did have funds, we could do extra with the podcast. Yeah. You know? So sometimes something doesn't happen until the money's there. But that's that's all down the road for now. Mm, it is. For right now, it's just something we do for fun whenever we get the chance. And, um, Definitely. Hey, we're here We're here in line recording on a laptop, <laughs> waiting to go into Dig Nation. I mean, how gorilla is this? I know, right? <laughs> and I definitely think that we should go take a picture of the Dig sign. I, we definitely will. I'll put up some uh, some photos if we have any here. And so... I really think it would be cool to like promote a product that you actually use and enjoy. Yeah. Because then you're not just like throwing something out there just randomly, but you're actually talking about something that you like and some passion for you. Right. And so well, you that, can pass that on to your listeners. That was never really a problem with with the advertising deal. Like it was it was going to be a, a program that that I use. Right. However, the idea of doing an advertisement at this point was a little bit too much. We weren't we weren't quite at that point with mm-hmm. the show yet. Yeah. So I don't know. Is there anything more we want to say for this particular episode or? It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. After the uh, Dignation, we're gonna record a little bit more, kind of our reaction to uh, everything that went on. So this will be a very Frankenstein together episode. <laughs> you muted me. <laughs> oh, why did you mute him? I pushed it. And I pushed it off. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Oh, all right, Matt. I was getting a sandwich. <laughs> I sandwich. He was pulling a Dvorak. Uh, does he eat tuna? I don't know. I think I he know. eats pretty much any kind of meat. But uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off for now and, and come back after the Dignation has completed. Definitely. All right. Wow. Wow. Just, just, wow. Uh, tonight was amazing, <laughs> in a word. My turn, and, my uh, turn, my turn. Yeah, yeah. I will retweet Steven and say, Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so we went in. 
We we finally got into the uh, the actual lot backlot area of Stubbs. Now, and about about like six forty five. What place in line do you think we were? Um, we were probably about fortieth. Fortieth. That's, that's what I was gonna say. We were about fifteen feet from Alex and Kevin. Yeah. Easily. Um, and compared see the to the people behind us. Well. Um, even though we were right up there by the stage, there were a lot of people in front of us, and uh, that's because it was completely flat. It wasn't. There was right. no. There was no arena type stuff really toward until you got farther back, um, and we weren't far enough back that we could see them on the screen. But all of that doesn't matter. We got to see Kevin Rose and Alex Albrecht record a live Dignation. I know, right? Oh my goodness, um, that was amazing. Because I don't know how long you've been watching them, but you know, I've watched them for the past couple of years, right? And now I, I finally get to go see them yeah. at an, an event. And I will be the first to admit, I'm a recent fan. I'm a recent convert to Dignation. I'm a Kevin fan from way back in the screensavers days, but I never really, I never really watched Dignation on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna start now. Yeah. Uh, it's it's cool. I mean, it's just him and Alex read the top dig stories. It's a very uh-huh. simple concept, but it can go so many different and, directions. And dude, I was blown away because I I was at the beginning of everyone's walking out onto the stage just saying hey to the crowd. Yeah. And I'm watching, and there's all these people from Revision Three that I've seen before, but you know I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to a lot of them, and then. Tom Merritt walks out, and I was like, "What's Tom, Tom Merritt, Merritt doing out there?" From, I was like, "That's Tom Merritt from CNET. CNET. Yeah, he does the Insider Secrets and the Quick Tips." And I was like, "If only I could just get a chance to go tell Tom Merritt, you know, how awesome it was that he showed me how to jailbreak my iPhone." Yeah. And then through Jim Ladderback, we Jim were able Ladderback. to meet. So here's the story. After the show, uh, well, let's talk about the show first. Then we'll get to the okay. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. Go, go in chronological order. So the show itself, um, Alex and Kevin come out there. Um, Jim Ladderback introduces them. Alex and Kevin were kind of inebriated probably at the beginning. Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. Somebody gave them a couple shots at the beginning. That was not good for them. It was all downhill from there. (laughs) It took them like 15 takes to get the uh, the intro They gave up on that. (laughs) I think they finally got it after like the the fifth or sixth Mm -hmm. time. Because uh, you know, people would scream. Alex would mess up the dialogue. They'd say the wrong thing, and yeah, they were um, fighting over who said what. yeah, they were fighting over who would say what. So <laughs> they they did kind of a typical show, just drinking uh, mm-hmm. as they they recorded it, and hijinks ensued. Like it was it was fantastic. Just the crazy off the wall stuff that Alex says. I know. You know he throws about ten things out there, and maybe one of them is actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> when, it, when he gets something funny, it's it's, it's great. great. Uh-huh. Uh, Kevin was was a little more grounded, but uh, I mean they threw out they threw out some swag in the middle. Uh, they had a bunch of like the biggest fans up there on the couch. Apparently they had the guy who actually donated Donate the his couch couches up there. sit on the, another couch up on stage, like best seat in the house. It was fantastic. Do you find it interesting that Kevin and Alex just come to a, a city and they send on a tweet that says, "Hey, we need a couch by mm, the morning." Yeah, and, and, and they have two couches. Has two couches to give them. Yeah, like bang, boom, there it is. Uh, the magic of Twitter, crowdsourcing, but it was cool. I I had a great time. After the show was probably the highlight of the evening, though. So Definitely. We, we get out. Um, Jay Adelson, CEO of Dig, comes on there and says, "Hey, you know, stick around. We get a band playing. Everybody's gonna be signing stuff." They give out posters, so they give out these these Big Dig Shindig posters with Texas like all across it. Yeah, with it. like Texas logo. It's cool. We'll we'll post a bunch of pictures. We've been taking a bunch of pictures today, so Put we'll them post on the them blog, all online. Right? Hmm? Put them on the blog at bedphilosophy.com yeah, slash blog. Yeah, put them all on the website. And uh, so we got the posters, and we're kind of looking around. Um, there was just people who were kind of hanging out at that point. I'd say probably half half to a third of the 
uh, two-thirds of the crowd left I by that point. Either that or there's space behind where they just spaced out. Yeah, because... they just kind of spread out. So we found the guys from uh, the Totally Rad show. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know their names. <laughs> I haven't. I know it's on Revision 3, but I don't know their names. I've watched it like once. Just Got say the guys, the, the guys from TRS. That's yeah, the guys enough. from TRS. Minus Alex, but we're getting but to that. We got there. So we're there kind of by the... Uh, by the stairs that go up to like the second level of Stubbs, which is like a party level. This is where all the, the celebs have been the private like level. hanging out, and they watch the show from here. They watch the show. They they were like taking pictures of the crowd. They were saying stuff from up Including there. Including Kevin's really dad. Neat. It was, was great. There. It was like a balcony thing, you know. Um, so we're there by the stairs, and Felicia Day <laughs> comes down the stairs as she's leaving the party, and it was just like I turned around and. Oh my freaking I god! Think it was that was the point where right I helped there. you up off the floor, right? Hmm? That was the point where I helped you up off the floor. Right. <laughs> oh, I. <sighs> Your knees buckled and I caught you. Well, I. She was trying to get out, so I was like, I was pushing people aside to like make a path for her. Uh -huh. Um, I don't think she noticed it, but, and and I couldn't think of like anything clever to say to her. But it was just <laughs> a haiku, dude. Did your haiku I, fail I didn't you at the moment? I have a haiku prepared, oh. and I, I'm not that. I don't think that fast. Felicia Day is. Uh, it doesn't even try. I've been haikuing a lot on Twitter. If if you follow me, you know that. She's even cuter in person. I have to say, like, uh, I I totally have a geek crush on her. But uh -huh. anyways, her and Veronica Belmont. If I'd seen Veronica Where, Belmont, I know I Tom was there. Where's Veronica? What? Where's Veronica? Because she used to work. Yeah, with I know, Cena, right? right? So, uh, we well, we asked him about that. I'm getting to that. Uh, so yeah. why why don't you talk about the uh, the Kevin? Uh, oh, okay. Thing. So. so after TRS, we go to get our we go to get our signatures from Alex Albrecht and Kevin Rose, because they were sitting over there in their little little uh, um, Dignation corner. And so we get over there, and about right when we're standing there, we just gotten Alex's signature, and then we're going over to get an autograph from Kevin Rose, and uh, he starts fighting with over a, a, a shot of Jaeger with Kevin or with Alex. So they're fighting over this, and I'm standing like like six inches away from them, between the two of them, and uh, they spill it all over my poster. Yeah. So I've got Jaeger running down my poster, so Kevin grabs the Sharpie to sign mine, and he starts signing, and, well, he, of course, screws up completely because Sharpies and alcohol don't really write well together. <laughs> and so then he drops an F word on my poster over to the side and points an arrow at his signature because it's only, like, half there. And then... Um, we go like 10 feet over, and then there's Jay standing yeah, right there. Jay Adelson, uh, CEO of Dig. We talked with him a little bit earlier and right. got pictures. And, uh, and it so was funny. we kind of smiled was, because he recognized us again. Right. He was he was kind of funny inebriated, I, I just have to say. Like, he was, <laughs> he was very cynical yeah. uh, about Dig. Like, he, he was talking about how we need to, like, encourage our friends to actually log in to Dig and actually well, because use it. Texas is the third largest uh, state that uses Dig. Right. The third largest community base. Now, we shouldn't be the biggest, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're working on that. But it was really funny because, like, to see this corporate CEO, like, inebriated talking about <laughs> Dig and, like, he was he was very, like, verbose. <laughs> he was. And but then so we, he we looks at my poster. With him again and so he, he smiles when he looks at what Kevin wrote and he goes... Huh. And so then he um, signs it, and then he points an arrow towards Kevin's name and goes, "Loser." Yeah. <laughs> so there was kind of this running thing on Matt's poster, and, and we'll we'll post a picture of it, of course. But because uh, do you remember the magician Brian? What was his last name? Brian. Uh, oh gosh. He's got the crazy spiked hair and all yeah, that. Yeah, he had crazy spiked hair. Because his show his show's called. Um, 
called something magical probably. But he when he signed my poster, then he wrote the word winner and pointed towards Jay. Yeah. And then Tom, can I can I can I jump to Tom? Okay, well, first of all, we meet up with Jim Louderback. Like, Jim Louderback is the guy selling the merch. Jim is the freaking CEO of Revision. And no one's like, talking to him. He's bigger than any of these guys. He's been in the industry for longer, at least. And nobody's talking to him. I'm like, this is Jim Louderback. He's written for PC Magazine for years. He's, he's a big shot in the industry. Um, cool guy. Like, he was just, he was talking with us. And, like, uh -huh. so Matt really wanted to see Tom, Tom Merritt from, from, CNET. Bit, from uh, CNET, because, from Buzz Out Loud. Yeah. And uh, so I'm talking with Jim, and I'm like, you know, I'm, do you know if Tom is up there at the party? And he's like, I don't know. Let me text him. And at that point, my mind went, oh, I can't, my, I've lost my voice. I can't make a high-pitched noise. <laughs> Insert high-pitched noise here. Yeah. That's what my mind did. Um, but so, so we text, he texts, uh, Tom and we wait about five minutes and then up walks Tom Merritt and huh. we end up talking with him for like 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, just like chewing the fat about, you know, how'd you, you know, what, what you do in college? Like, yeah. uh, what do you think of CNET? What are y'all working on? Uh, just, you know, talking about various other people at the event. No one else knows who he is. Right. Like we just, we're talking with him out there in the open forever. And, uh, yeah, we get a picture, we get him to sign it, and he's like, oh, my God, I think this is, like, the most autographs I've ever done. But he's been around CNET for a long time. Yeah, he does awesome he's, videos. He's been, he's been around for, for longer than most of these guys. And, and, like, uh, and I like talking to him because he's got a very dry sense of humor, which you can see in all of his video production stuff. He, can, he just, he'll say something, and he doesn't smile, but it's, it's really funny if you listen to what he's saying and realize yeah. he's just being extremely sarcastic. And he, he's like that in real life, too. It's like, it was just, I mean, the whole evening, like, rubbing elbows with these, these web celebrities, I, I was just floored. Like, finally, these, it, it felt like I was interacting with people who are really relevant to me. Yeah. Like, and, and it, you know, big celebrities have that sort of distance from their fans still. Right. I think we're moving to the point where that, that distance is really closing. Like, even so. though Even though it was this, this huge event and it was very celebrity-focused, mm -hmm. Afterward, it felt like you were just kind of partying with these guys. Because you know, they were there. We were just walking around. The, There's like little niche groups of people just talking. The to get up to, you know, get them to sign stuff were really like informal. You know, it was just, you know, whoever could get up there. And they were real friendly. Like, um, I mean, the alcohol probably helped. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so I'd say we had a fantastic time. Um, I do too. I think that it was a big dig the, shindig. The big, it was a very big dig shindig. South by Southwest isn't over yet. Um, I've, I'll Dude, I can't wait for next year. Week. Next year's going to rock. Yes. Plan, Matt. Next year, you and I, we're getting badges for the interactive conference. We're going to do a Bad Philosophy live from South by Southwest next year, too. And uh, wow. It's wow. I'm still Ooh. I'm still on the celebrity high, man. I know. I'm still going to come down from it. But I... Kevin and Rose, it was we didn't get a chance to talk to them just because there were so many people that wanted them to talk to them, right? Yeah. But I think at the same time, like I was talking to the guy, the guy Richard that we met there, just a random guy. He said that he plays video games. He plays WoW with Alex, and he said Tuesday if we come, he said he'll introduce us to all of them. Sweet. And he said that they know him, and I was just like, like they just they know him personally. Yeah. He said they just hang out together. Wow. He, he knows lots of the guys like from TRS, and he said uh -huh. they play video games together. <laughs> It's it's inspiring, man. It's it a, definitely it's a different is. kind of it's a different age. Mm -hmm. It's a different age of celebrity. Um, he yeah, right. He said he talked to Kevin and he said Kevin hates it when people are like doing the whole scream for your fans type thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, in the show, that's one thing, but he said when someone just comes up and starts being like, 
Dude, you're awesome. Start bowing down, all that. You know, yeah. he said Kev, that turns Kevin off. He said he just loves people to come and just start talking about what's going on, you know? Yeah. Well, because they, they all started as regular guys. Like, the, the fact that they've become celebrities now is sort of an accident almost. Right. Or it's just, it's one of the side effects of, of what they've done, which is really a build a tool that just speaks to a lot of people and, and is useful to a, a wide audience. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not the traditional celebrities, and I, I really like that. So I, I had a great time. Um, we'll definitely be here next year. And definitely. We'll have the pictures up. Take a look at them. Badphilosophy.com. Hey, I got I got Jim Ladderback's business card. I dropped the Dude, Bad Philosophy I know. name to him. So. And he like he said he acted like he would listen to it. He's like, yeah, man, just shoot me an email. Especially if he's uh, if we mention him in it. I have to say, out of all of them, I, I really felt like the biggest connection to Jim Ladderback. Like he just he seemed to be the most down. He was so guy. personable. Yeah, he was he was really cool. Well, the fact that. He was willing to take time not only to talk to us, but then take his cell phone out and to get send Tom, out a text yeah. to get Tom to come over there. That was great. Yeah, because here's this guy that I just wanted to thank because it's Tom Merritt that I you know owe my life to from mm -hmm. me getting my iPhone. I wouldn't have an iPhone today if it, Tom Merritt didn't exist, you know? Yeah. And I just want to say thank you. And so thank you, Jim Ladderbeck. Too. I'm going to buy a Revision 3 shirt. I'm, I'm going to support these guys. <laughs> me too, me too. They're doing a great thing. I really like the uh, Say Goodbye to Television one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, and man. If, they had, if they had had a medium there at the event, I would have gotten one. Yeah. Uh, but we can't fit into an extra large. At least not easily. Nah. I'm a All five right. foot seven guy. Well, we've got our food here at Wingstop, and it's it's almost midnight. We're hungry. So yes. uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here on this Bad Philosophy. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Badphilosophy.com It's pretty freaking sweet. <laughs>